Welcome to the Man of Honor podcast. This podcast is about guys, right? It's about men who want to make a difference. Men who have learned how to fight through the obstacles and excel in business, life, family, and fatherhood. Welcome to the Man of Honor podcast with your host, former NFL player, Pastor Ed Tandy McGlass. On this episode of Man of Honor, Ed spends time with the tattooed preacher, Joe Melnichuk. And now, here's Ed. So welcome to Man of Honor podcast. And today, I got, I'm one of those amazing young squires, one of those young men. I say young because I'm... 65, and I'm an old fart in some people's uh, estimation. But uh, we have just Joe uh, Menachuk, who I think I got that right. Um, He's uh, married, loves his wife, a father of an amazing princess daughter, and uh, just a digital creator, just uh, his heart's for the Lord, impacting a lot of people. Uh, through social media and the ministry and all the things she does. And we have him here today to talk about this amazing message that God's put inside of him. Welcome, my friend. Awesome to be here. It's good to see you, man. I had, so I got it right, Mel Nick Chuck. Mel Nick Chuck. Mel Nick Chuck. <laughs> do it, do it, do it, certainly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Close. man. So we talked about, oh gosh, a week or two ago, just about just some amazing things that God's worked in you and your own story. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in, in your family, kind of, why don't you bring everybody up to date about your own kind of backstory and how you got to where you are today? Well, that is a very uh, loaded question there, sir. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I grew up um in the church um i'm a i'm a my pastor's kid so i got my dad my uncles grandparents everyone was in the ministry so um grew up loving the lord um grew up you know serving them wasn't perfect um but you know just had great had great parents who loved the lord um and you know but like so many people, um, you know, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you are immune from difficulty and from uh, pain and suffering and, and we're in a spiritual battle. Um, and so I've had to go through and deal with a number of pretty significant things that um, have kind of helped to shape and mold me into the person I am today. You know, and I'm not sure how much you want to go down this road, but I'll kind of quickly just give just some quick highlights from some of my journey. Um, as a young boy at the age of three, um, you know, I, I, I was raped. And so I suffered that. And that definitely obviously had a, a huge impact on my journey, on, on my life growing up. I, I was very, um, you know, very timid, uh, dealt with a lot of fear and anxiety, had a speech impediment. Uh, growing up. Um, and, and so, you know, that, you know, it, it took me a lot of years up into my twenties to kind of even face the fact that something even happened. Um, and then as well in my 
adolescent years into my teenage years, my, my parents, um, their marriage fell apart. Um, and so that, that definitely had a hold on my life in terms of relationships. And I went through a, a lot of my own relationships that were very unhealthy. Um, so much unprocessed pain, um, so much unprocessed hurt, I never really dealt with it. And of course, hurt people make, make poor choices. And so in my early 20s, uh, I myself um, was married and that marriage lasted about a year, just over a year, and that fell apart. Um, and so I, I just found myself just super broken, super numb. Um, I, I had so many layers of hurt and pain that I didn't even really know how to begin to process. And it wasn't until I attended a Bible school in, in Redding, California, um, Bethel Church. They have a, a discipleship school there. And it wasn't until then, when I was 30 years old, that God began to pull back some of those layers um, in my heart and began to process that pain. And, and, and I've been on a journey now for the last number of years, just, you know, God taking me deeper and deeper and deeper um, into... Yeah, you know, when you're raised in the church, right, people think, you know, I, I, I have parents who will come to me and go, I don't know why my son's struggling. He was raised in the church. And I go, well, didn't he have a room in your house? (laughs) (laughs) This idea is that we created the environment, but don't you, the the most powerful message for a child is not the sermon they hear from mom and dad or necessarily the sermon they hear from the pulpit. It's a sermon in the way mom and dad live out their story in front of them. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've had, you know, I've had the, the honor of, you know, being with a number of who had that label of PK, right? Pastor's kids yeah. that, you know, they, they struggled in their life because some of them saw the dichotomy between, man, you're saying you really love Jesus and he's all powerful and this all works. But how come this didn't? Ha- how come you and mom aren't together anymore? Mm. That's incredibly painful. And then not to be able to. And here's the other thing that I know you probably struggle with is, well, who can I really tell about this? Mm. I got you know you know this is such a hard, shameful thing that happened to me. So I just, you know, you end up, you, you learn how to be really dishonest with yourself because you're really afraid that if that gets exposed, well, there's like, what's wrong with you, Joel? Yeah. Right? And you just mm-hmm. stay in that. So many people are just like, I'm, a, you know, because you're a Christian, right, and you're saved and forgiven doesn't mean we don't live in a war. And that mm-hmm. sometimes that war eats us up and— the longer it takes us to get it out, it causes the damage right inside of us. But the great news is, <laughs> like you said, at 30 years old, you went up to Bethel. And I, I call them the Shunna Masai brothers and sisters because they're <laughs> like, they're into it, man. We're going for God. I love Bill Johnson. I just, he's one of my favorite preachers. He's just, he's going for it, right? All the time. And the message that, comes out of there and, and and quite frankly that I see in you is that 
I mean, you're 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 kind of a, a perfect picture of how you can blow it, have people abuse you, and go through all the stuff you went through, and yet just face them back to Jesus. Mm-hmm. You just get this new beginning, and and it's like it's I'm just so blessed to hear your story. Yeah, I mean, I've, I mean, it's taken, again, a lot of years, but learning, one of the lessons I learned is, is really to embrace your story. You know, so many people walk around in guilt and shame and condemnation and whether stuff that they've done or stuff's been done to them. And, and, you know, Jesus, he takes away that guilt and that shame. Because he's trying to label you, isn't he? He's trying to get you to get in this place of what's wrong with me. mm Mm-hmm. Why did this happen? A girl that gets raped, a boy who goes through the same thing. What's wrong with me? Did the devil will turn in? It's like, well, did I do something? There's something wrong with me? Is there like something on my forehead that I keep choosing bad men all the time or bad mm-hmm. girls right in my life? And because, you know, the devil wants to keep you in that place where you feel condemned. Yeah. That what you've done, God goes. So you're you're saying, man, there's in a real way, Romans eight, there you're, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, right? Yeah. So how did how did what was the mechanism in you, Joel, that you know, you're in Bethel, you're in this atmosphere, but there there was a decision in the midst of being in God's presence where what made you feel safe to go? Okay, man, I got to tell my story. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, there, there wasn't one specific moment, it was kind of um, the theme of the first year of that school is all about identity, mm. and seeing God as your heavenly father. Yeah. And so my view of God, the father was always, you know, more harsh, you know, but God was cool right? with me. As long as I wasn't making mistakes, but as soon as I blow it, then his his fist is coming down. You're out of there, and right? So it took me to really understand that that the Father loves me, and that my identity is not in what I've done, but my identity is is as his kid. I'm his kid. I'm his son. <laughs> so you know that's that's the foundation. That's the starting point. And then once I kind of embrace that, then he then just through uh, some relationships. I I got the privilege of doing some some counseling there with some pretty awesome counselors, and just begin to walk through that journey and 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 go over my past and ask the tough questions that I've avoided for and all that kind of stuff. And but it all started once I fully felt, you know what, I'm God's son, and He loves me, and it's and there's nothing I can do to make Him love me any more or any less. He infinitely loves me just as I am. And living, learning to live from that place um, definitely was, was that catalyst to really launch me on this kind of inner healing uh, journey. Well, you know, what, it, what you're describing, that's exactly what happened to me as well um, in, in my own life. When I discovered that Jesus not only came to die in my place on the cross, so this shame would never own me, and I could be absolutely forgiven. He also came 
to pay a price what, when he died on that cross so he could buy my adoption <laughs> mm-hmm. as a son. And Galatians says, then, if a son, we then are no longer a slave. And if we're no longer a slave, what you just described is that we're an heir. Mm-hmm. So you can be born in the worst family story you can imagine, make every mistake you can be. But when you get a, when you when you receive your adoption from God the Father, there's a transfer. As a matter of fact, in Rome, when you legally adopted a child that you fully knew his story, it was a legal act that you could never go back on. You could get rid of your natural-born children in Rome. Roman citizens did that all the time when they didn't want their sons because they didn't live up to a standard. But if you legally chose somebody, and that's when Paul uses those words that he chose us before the foundation of the world. He chose a head. He chose Joel. Before Jesus said, let there be light, he chose you and me. So that one day we would know what it's like to be fathered by God. Mm-hmm. No matter what we've done, no matter what's done to us, there is no, and, and not only that, we get an inheritance that we didn't know about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, that's, oh man, that's so powerful, Joel, just about that. And so, what, what, uh, because one of the things that happens when you that when you learn this is you learn how to do this right learn how to receive mm-hmm. because you have to you have to give it's all right lord i'm giving you this stuff that i've held on to because i'm so afraid of being rejected mm-hmm. and at the same time that you're opening your hands to give away he fills that place back up with things that we never thought we could have so it's not just this cathartic uh, exercise that some counselors do where you just talk about your bad story all over again, right? It's it's about this giving it to Christ, giving mm-hmm. that hurt, and then having the presence and the love of a father to come in and go, okay, yeah. Joel, you're my son. Yeah. <laughs> and let me, I'm going to peel back some more of my inheritance for you. In my life. That's it, isn't it? That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's everything. Right. And it's, and so part of that, then your responsibility now is, is how to stay in that place of being a son. So what, what are some things that you, you do, right, to just stay in that place where you're doing this? Well, I mean, it's, it's, um, once you understand that, that, you know, Christianity is, is not just about do's and don'ts, you know, those are important, but it's, there's a real relationship there with the real God Mm. and, and intimacy with God is, is, is everything as well. And learning to cultivate that and learning to understand that, like, it's not just about reading your Bible and memorizing verses, though that's important, but there's an ongoing relationship that, that you can have with God where he can speak and it's a, and it's a dialogue and, and his presence is real. I mean, the psalmist says, taste and see that the Lord's good. That's an invitation. 
Yeah. And so it's, it's learning to just spend time daily with God, not because you have to, but because you get to, but because he's real <laughs> okay. that's, and, that's and he wants to encounter you. And, and so for me, just, just being in, in his presence is it, it's my most favorite thing in the whole world to do is to be with him. And I look at all the stuff I've gone through and uh, he's brought a lot of awesome people in my life. Like my wife, now she's amazing. She's been a lifesaver and, and my daughter and a family and all that stuff. But what's got me through everything has been his presence. That's been right. my relationship with him. And you know and, why your wife's so awesome, by the way? I don't know her, but you saying that you've you found somebody who isn't looking to you to find out who she is. She's no. already got that from the father. Yeah. That's how great couples make it. My wife and I are hitting 40 years being together. July 11th on my birthday. 40 years ago, I played her the song and I wept as she walked down the aisle, right? But mm-hmm. she knew who she was. And see, God's, God's whole idea of a of healthy family is two people coming together who got their identity and their inheritance from God the Father through Christ. So then they just spend their life loving one another for their sake, not doing it for their own sake. Mm-hmm. And so where'd you meet your wife? So I actually met her at uh, Bethel in Reading. So she's a, <laughs> she's a German girl. And so I, I took her from her homeland. Well, you know, you're, it's, uh, you know, our families are, my daughter, Mary, married a German, and she lives mm. in Switzerland. So well, it was re- it's reversed then. <laughs> you got reversed. We want to get him back here, but they live on the mountains and uh, in a village that there's really no crime unless you, you try to milk a cow that's not yours. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they live in this, you know, it's crazy, peaceful bells ringing all the time. My wife's there right now with my granddaughters. And, uh, but there's a, because the, the the active part you talked about that's just vital from somebody listening is learning how to receive. Talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that. How, how did you work? How did you learn how to do that? Because that is, by the way, the hardest thing for us to do as men. Because we were raised in, in, with this whole idea that if it's going to be, it's up to me. Mm-hmm. My healing's up to me. I got to get over it or whatever. And then we beat ourselves up and then we live in this place of shame. What was the mechanism inside of you where you started learning that receiving, you know, is more blessed than anything else, right? That God's called you to do that. Yeah. When I, I mean, it's, I've come a long way in it. I wouldn't say I've arrived. But one of the things that has definitely helped me is understanding that, you know, my identity is not in what I do. It's in who I am, that I don't have to do, I can be. And living your life from a place of being is a lot different than doing, where you have to do to earn, to earn God's favor, to earn his blessing. And, and it's this, this, this life-sucking cycle. But once I begin yeah. to understand that, I don't, I can just be. And from that place, 
and then you understand your identity in him, then it's like you, you understand that you're, you were worth the death of his son. And there's a lot of value in you. Yeah, and that you so know good you were worth the death of jesus i mean that that's huge i mean that is that's a revelation that only god can give that's right and when you understand how much you're valuable how much you're worth how much you're loved by him then when your mind gets renewed with the truth of that mm. then it it's a process that becomes just a lot more easier to learn to receive because you're his kid and you know that you have a good dad who wants to give you good gifts because he's a good, he's a good dad. That's right. That verse, you're, you know, if you, um, if your son asks you for a piece of fish, you're not going to slip him a snake. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Your daughter asked you for a piece of bread. You're not going to give her a rock. Yeah. Jesus said, you know, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will my heavenly father give? And then he says, the Holy Spirit for those who ask. Mm -hmm. So the greatest gift that he shares with us is his presence, the manifest power of God's presence. And why that's so, it's the greatest thing there is, is because, of course, the Father lives in this incredible trinity. He's got a son sitting on the throne next to him. When he's not walking around and starting revival anywhere, you got the Holy Spirit who's, you know, over it all and you know doing his work. But it's his, it's his holiness, it's his, his love, it's his power, it's his provision, mm-hmm. and it really is. You get as much as you spend time receiving. Yeah. So there's sure. probably you know guys and gals listening right now. They're just like. My my whole life's been about shame, and it's been, a, and and probably anger. And why did this happen to me? Or what did I do? Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you just kind of speak to them right now, and just do your thing that you do on social media every day. Yeah, I mean, I would say you know I've I've yeah spent so many years. Um, in that place of, of shame, you know, stuff happened, happening to me that wasn't my fault and stuff that I did that, uh, that was my fault. And I, you know, so I know what it's like, but for me, I, I, I guess to, to start that journey, it's, it's filling, it's filling your mind and your heart with the truth of who God says you are. Mm. And it's letting that wash over you. It's right. it's learning to to reorient your thinking. Um, to and and that happens in his presence. And so for me, like one of my main life messages and the thing that when I was pastoring, I would preach about the most. And in a lot of my videos on social media, I it's it's all about its intimacy with God. It changes everything. And understanding well, how, do, how does somebody take a step right now towards that intimacy. They're, they're going, okay, all right, Joel, that's, that's awesome, man. But what do I do? I've never, I've never done that. Or, you know, how, how do I get there? For me, the way I, the way I did it is I, I would put my favorite worship music on Mm. and 
either open up my Bible or just lie on the floor with worship music on and invite and just say, Holy Spirit, come. And then I would lie there and I would either cry, yell, scream, like whatever I was going through at that moment. And I would just invite God to come because you can't manipulate God. No, <laughs> come on. You but you you have to put yourself in that place. And so I would say if, if you're at the end of your rope and you don't know what else to do, I would say start start in his presence. And it's as simple as inviting him to come and letting him do what only he can do. Yeah, because so people don't don't understand and when they're in a place of shame because the devil works on us, is that this guy named Jesus, he actually is alive. Mm-hmm. Real. <laughs> and when you when you speak his name, he shows up. Shows and he's up. not like a time and space limited social media person, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you don't gotta just look at his reels hoping, boy, I'd like to meet that guy. It's just that simple prayer of of surrender, right? What you're saying is you're basically, yep. and this is what you got to give up. You got to be willing to give your story good, bad, and ugly. Yep. Right. You can't just say, you know, Jesus, I just like to have a little bit more peace today. Well, you know, he'll hear you, but when you go, this is what I, I without you, man, I'm toast. Mm-hmm. And that simple prayer. I mean, I remember when I prayed and my first prayer, really, um, other than help us me win the football game. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that some, you know, some chaplain would come in and I wasn't a believer. It was like, you know, give me strength, Lord, to go kick butt in the name of Jesus, right? Yeah. Well, I don't think those prayers got very far. But though I don't know that God really loves football and football players. (laughs) <laughs> <Come on. laughs> but it was just, you know, this guy said, what do I do? And he just said, ask him into your life. Just ask him. All you got to do is, is call his name. And I remember mm-hmm. I just went, okay, fine. Like I didn't think anything was going to happen. And then I just said, Jesus, would you forgive me? And boy, no sooner did I get those words out than he showed up in that moment. And, you know, on the sixth floor of Kilcally Dormitory in Youngstown State University in room 603 to a boy on a bed with an ice pack on his knee and forgive me and that his presence started doing something. I didn't have words for it. I didn't have – I didn't own a Bible. I'd not even really been to a church. I've been to football games. That was my church service. Mm-hmm. That happened to you too. Just that simple surrender, right? Surrender. Gosh, that's so good. Well, I did. And, and, I, and, and, sorry, and it's 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 learning to be, you know. I mean, I don't want to be cliche, but authentic and real with yeah. God. He already knows what yeah. you're thinking, what you're going through. Yeah. So you might as well let it out, you know? Yeah. No matter what that is. And and because the more real you are with God, the more real he'll be with you. And the more junk he can take out and, and, and do his work, but you gotta, you gotta own it. Gotta own where you're at. And 
I, spent I was a lot in a of time. prayer meeting years ago with, and I've seen this a lot in the church when certain groups of people I won't mention, but their prayer service was like, "Get God, my and I'm just looking, I'm looking around, and I just said, "Hey, hey can I interrupt? Yeah, yeah, Pastor, what's up? Did you know that God's not dead? <laughs> not <laughs> deaf?" You don't got to, like, raise them from the dead in your prayers, you know? <laughs> Some of the most powerful prayers there are, the most powerful prayers when you just go, help. Mm-hmm. And whatever those words are, it might you might scream it because you're just hurting right now watching this video or listening online. And you just, uh, that's my number one prayer. Help me. <laughs> Yeah, Lord, I'm I, I I keep doing you know. Oops, I did it again. You know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor Brittany, Lord save her. <laughs> I'm saver, saver, saver. But it's that being honest to where he goes. Oh, it's good to meet you, Joel. I've waited for my Joel. I've wait. I've been waiting since I said, "Let there be light," and create the world so that Joel could be my son. Mm-hmm. That's it, isn't it? I mean, that's learn to be, and you know, it's like, especially in the church. I think so many people are so acquainted with the ways of the enemy, oh, and they're more yeah. familiar with the presence of the enemy in their lives than they are with God. And Come to on. me, it, it's backwards. That's right. You know? And so I just feel like you know. Jesus never promised us a life full of comfort without pain or suffering, but he had promised us that he'll never leave us. That's right. And I think that there's so much more to experience with God than I think we've, we've seen and, and we've tasted. And, and I just think that that begins with just an, an earnest desire to pursue him, to love him, to be real with him, and, and let him show up and let him do what only he can do. That's right. It's kind of like, you know, the image that came in my, my heart as you're talking, it's kind of like those those times that have been the scariest for me and the frontal attack and whatever's going on, when I can see Papa, <laughs> it's like he's going, don't worry, son, I got you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you're going through right now. I'm I'm with you, mm-hmm. right? And, and see, so many people you know, are in a place in their life, even religious people who are thinking, you know, why is this bad thing happened to me? I'm a Christian and I've done all this kind of stuff. They don't understand that God's promise is that he's going to be with us. And that's where the treasure is, is yeah. his presence, yeah. right? You know, that's that's the promise of the Old Testament. And you're, the, the presence of God is the treasure of heaven. Yeah. And so you can go through anything. You know, I, I had the honor of being in Scotland. And if you are you walk around Scotland, you'll see these big Roman numeral X's at different places. And these were places where saints who stood up for Jesus were burned at the stake. Mm. And this one story was, you know, one of the guys here in St. Andrews, and I stood on this axe and read the story. They were lighting, they kept lighting the the wood on fire and the rain kept coming and 
dosing out the fire, and they'd light, they'd finally got it, and this guy who was being burned at the stake was smiling and completely unaffected by the flames, and then passed with this gigantic smile, praising God mm. on his face. That's with, right? Yeah. That that's that's most important, and so you you said something else too, and I just name it a little different. I just create an atmosphere of praise around me. Mm. Yeah, I I I learned this when my kids were fighting. They were in the room fighting one day, my little kids, and I'd go in there as a dad and go, "Okay, that's it, that's it, knock it off," you know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which didn't work, that made them run away, and then I leave, and they're back, and they're fighting. And I said, God, what do I do? He says, well, what do you, how, how do I you connect? I go, well, Lord, I, I start worshiping you. So I went over, and I turned on some worship. And, and I watched. I got out of the room, and I watched around the corner. And my daughter, Jessica, started going. It was just her shoulders. <laughs> and Mary started doing it. And then Jessica, you know, she— who then are becoming my worship leader? She just start raising her hands, and Edward and 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 Luke would try to break dance. <laughs> <laughs> they were worshiping the Lord, and I was watching how the presence of the Lord came in the room with my children mm. to be with them, and they forgot why they were mad at each other mm-hmm. because they got to be. So we used to. I would crank worship all the time, twenty four seven. Because I want to be in a place where my heart just listens because he wants to love me. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I need it because I leak, right? Yeah. <laughs> Don't you too? Unfortunately. <laughs> it's like we get it and you think, wow, what experience with the Lord. And then something happens and we go, oh, what did I do wrong? Well, no, that's. Those those hard things are actually designed by God so that he can inhabit that moment with you in you. And you can have a smile on your face when other people are not having smiles on their face. Yeah. Right? Because right. he's with you. Yeah. What, what a powerful, powerful thing. Well, you know, there's there's people watching that and or you're they're on TikTok or YouTube or wherever they're going to hear or see this. That are saying, man, I I don't have that. I don't have that place where His presence is in my life, and I want it. Would you Would you pray for Him right now, Joel? And uh, oh, I'd love to. Yeah, just agree with you, and just just go ahead and minister to those people that are watching right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Jesus, we just we first and foremost want to thank you just for who you are and what you've done. We thank you for your mercy and your love and your grace that you've given us. We thank you that you value us. Mm. We thank you that we were worth your death mm. and that you see us through, through just eyes of love. And Father, I ask right now by your spirit for everyone watching right now who's hungry for more of you, or maybe who's never tasted and really seen that you are good. Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you'd invade each surround, each person watching, 
invade their room, wherever they're, if they're in their home, in their car, on a walk, God, wherever they are right now, surround them, Holy Spirit, with your tangible presence mm. in a way that would be meaningful to them, mm. that you reveal yourself to them, that they would know, number one, that you're real, and number two, that you are with them. Yes, Lord. That they would begin to see themselves through your eyes, that they'd begin to just understand and, and have a revelation, God, that your presence is real, mm. that you are, that you are real. Mm. You're not a theology. You're not a doctrine, but mm. you're a person. Mm. And so I just ask Holy spirit right now that you'd begin to mend hearts. God, that you'd begin to search out the places inside of us that God, that we've buried Holy Spirit, that you'd begin to do your surgery right now in our minds and our hearts. Mm. That you'd whisper, that you'd give us dreams, that you would mm. open up our open up our eyes to you in ways that we've never known or imagined before, Holy Spirit. So I mm. thank you for what you're going to do, Jesus. In your name, mm. I pray. Amen. Man, I'm enjoying, I'm just enjoying a little overflow right here. (laughs) (laughs) But listen, what what are some of your projects out there that you're doing and um, how can we support you? Yeah, well, right now, um, in terms of ministry stuff, I I, I post daily on TikTok and on Instagram. So the handle is at the tattooed preacher. Um, and I'm, I've started a YouTube channel that I have to be a bit more aggressive with. Um, it's the same handle at the tattooed preacher. And I'm also going to be starting a podcast soon as well. So yeah, but follow me on social media and you'll stay up to date with, with what's going on in my world. Well, I'm, I'm following you, man. I got it. I got it down here, man. There's just some awesome stuff. Um, I, I just, uh, in a, in a real way, just want to say, um, you know, as a spiritual papa, I'm just really proud of what I see in you as just one of God's sons. What you what you have learned about sonship, Joel, has escaped uh, many a preacher. Because mm. we're only able to, you know, Jesus said, you know, the son of man can do nothing on his own, but only what he sees his father doing. Mm-hmm. So Jesus came to model a life where he had to receive from his Father and the Holy Spirit to do anything. And if he wouldn't have done that, you and I could have never lived this life because we're not Superman. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Jesus came to do that so that you and I and everyone who's listening can partake of what it's like to just be a son or a daughter if you're listening, um, you know, you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord God Almighty. I mean, that's God's plan for you. That's God's plan for me. And so it's not that you can just be Christians. It's a label the church sort of came up with. No, when you get to be fathered and be somebody's son or daughter, that is an incredible if you had a good dad, it's the ultimate bonus. If you had no dad or an abusive dad, it just just blows your mind that you're not damaged goods when you have when you're filled with his presence. 
That's good. So he's going to be using you. So uh, check out Joel and what he's doing. Mel and Chuck, and uh, get it right this time. <laughs> Got it perfect that time. There you go. <laughs> and so, and just, uh, just in some of the, just the incredible work you're doing, because ultimately, um, God raised you up to to not only be a son, but you got to be a son to be a father. Mm-hmm. You got to be a son to be a spiritual father, and that's that's what God's going to use you for, like. Elijah calling fathers back to kids and kids to fathers. Mm. Bless you, young squire. And uh, if you're watching also, we have a free book for you, for everyone who's watching, called The Difference a Father Makes. It'll be uh, in the description, whether you're watching on TikTok or wherever you're watching. The Difference of Father Makes.com. It's our free book to you. Um, that we've had over 400,000 guys read. We're so grateful for that because there's never been a time in the history of the world where spiritual sons need to rise up like we are now so that we can be the fathers to so many who go to bed every night not knowing who they are or what they're for or if their life will ever matter. So bless you guys. It's been an honor. It's been an honor, Joel. Use his name. Amen.